I'm Brian Shelton, and you're listening to Harper Talks, a co-production of Harper College Alumni Relations and Harper Radio. Today on Harper Talks, I'm excited to speak with Anthony Tamras and Drake Roberts. Anthony and Drake are 2018 graduates of Harper College. While full-time students, they started a business called DioBlock, which is essentially an odor eater for your gym bag and accessories, and I know we can all use that. Anthony and Drake, uh, join me for Harper Talks in the WHM studio on the Harper campus. Anthony and Drake, how you doing? Doing, doing well, good. man. Good to be here. It's good. Good to have you back on campus. When was the last time you were at Harper? Uh, a couple months ago, right? We were meeting with the athletic director here. Yeah, we were uh, meeting with Doug right before he, he uh, departed, so that was the last time. But besides that, we it's been a couple years, so excited to be back. It's great great to have you back on campus. And Anthony, I, I, I didn't realize it, but I, I, I had you for speech in 2018. Uh, sure did. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> so hopefully that went well. Anyway, um, what brought you guys to Harper College as students to begin with? Yeah, yeah. So it's an, actually it's a it's a really interesting story. Um, of course, we thought of DioBlock in a, an incubator class in high school. Okay. Um, so after that, uh, we won a pitch competition for about twenty five thousand dollars through our district, our high school district. Okay. Um, so with that new knowledge, we kind of thought, okay, well, uh, you know, we were at the time committed to going to Indiana University. I was going to go to Indiana. Anthony was going to go to University of Illinois. Um, so when we were at orientation, scheduling our classes on our respective campuses. Um, I kind of came to this realization of, you know, wow, um, how are we going to start a business with this, you know, this $25,000 grant opportunity from miles apart, doing our own schedules at our own respective schools? Um, what makes sense for us? And at the time, going to two separate schools miles apart didn't make a lot of sense if we wanted to continue to grow the business and the brand. So um, I gave Anthony a call uh, while I was at Indiana and he was at U of I. I said, look, man, I think we should reconsider. And what we did instead was rescinded our offers of admission to those schools and decided to go to Harper College to stay local, grow our community here. Everyone we knew was around this area from our high school, uh, you know, kind of days. Um, so for us, it just made a lot of sense to continue our education at Harper and then also grow the business as much as we could um, while studying here. That's fantastic. That's great. And that worked out. That worked out very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So how... While you were at Harper, I know that you participated in a lot of different things where you could um, start growing the business and growing it. And you did some uh, some um, was it GoFundMe or Indiegogo or what, what did you guys do? There was the, a, uh, yeah, a crowdfunding. We did, yeah, uh, we did a Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter, which, exactly. Yeah, 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 it's a crowdfunding campaign along yeah. the lines of the ones you mentioned. Yeah. It's the exact There's same so many idea. of them. I'm sorry, I got yeah. confused. Hey, so. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we did a Kickstarter. We also uh, we did a pitch competition here at Harper. So we got a Dream Big Angel grant from. Harper. Harper. Um, we pitched over at the SBDC. So we got about $10,000 of uh, grant funding through mm -hmm. Harper. So that kind of helped us just ca keep catapulting the business uh, onward, you know, and I think that's really why we've had the success we've had because we've just leveraged opportunities. Every chance we've gotten them, even after we, you know, transferred to DePaul, we were kind of doing the same type of thing. Just mm -hmm. every opportunity we got, every person we got to talk with, um, we, we always took that opportunity. So that's um, great. Tell me more about this Angel Grant pitch that you did. How did that? How does that work? How do you get prepared for something like that? What was that like? Yeah. So I mean, we were always pitching all the time. Obviously, coming out of our the high school competition, which we kind of did the same preparation for this one, except this one was, 
in a way, maybe even a little more hectic because we were actually taking our accounting finals at DePaul <laughs> that same day. So we actually both got out of DePaul after our accounting final, hopped on the train, and then took a car to Harper, and we just made it. <laughs> we were the we were the last ones in line to pitch anyway, but we just made the cutoff, and we, uh, yeah, we showed up, and we had obviously a slide deck and different things what we were going to obviously use the money for to further propel the business and kind of where we were at, um, but really just laying out the needs and kind of building out a roadmap so that the judges at the time could see, okay, if they do receive this funding, how viable is this business to keep, you know, to roll out? And that's really the same ideology we had in high school. So we kind of applied that to that competition because, and, and it ended up working out. That's really cool. Um, so, how did your time at Harper help you prepare for that? Because I know that you went to DePaul yep. after you graduated from Harper. How did you make that? How, how did First off, how did DePaul become the decision where you're both going to go, right? I mean, the two of you are like, okay, now we have to go to school together again, right? <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. We run a business together, so we got to go to school together. How did you make that transition, and how did Harper prepare you for that? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the same ideology we had coming out of high school again. It was like... Um, this is clearly something we want to take extremely seriously, being the business. Um, Harper made a lot of sense for the reason that we could align on our schedules, right? We were able to take similar classes at similar times, um, focus on the business when we each had off periods and stuff. Um, so really, Harper gave us the opportunity to align on that and, of course, continue to grow our network. It's Harper's location in general is a, is a really convenient spot to be in the northwest suburbs of Chicago here. Um, it borders Schaumburg, which we actually lived in an apartment together in Schaumburg during our time at Harper to, again, further align our schedules and make sure that we were able to devote as much time outside of class and outside of uh, kind of our, our part-time jobs to the business as we could. Um, so us being close to Schaumburg as well gave us opportunities to meet with other business owners. And we worked with, uh, you know, plastics manufacturers and uh, we worked with kind of prototyping and CAD engineers and this network that Harper is a part of just even from a, a geographical location. And it's really right. close to the city as well. Right. It was easy for us to be able to grow into our network that we currently have and build and continue to build on uh, throughout Harper and moving to DePaul was just as easy as kind of making the decision to go to Harper. It just made sense for us. It was, mm -hmm. uh, again, our, our connections were here. It was local. We could easily get downtown to DePaul um, and devote as much time, extracurricular time as we could mm -hmm. to the business and growing the brand and the product. Yeah. I would imagine growing a business and working part-time and yep. going to school, you guys didn't have much time to do anything while you were on the Harper campus. You're shaking your head no on radio. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, a lot. So we uh, we had three part-time jobs. We were paying rent. We were going to school full-time. We were right. trying to start this business. So, I mean, me and Anthony would literally go from classes starting at 8.15 um, to one. And then after that, we'd go and uh, be kind of janitorial work at the Palatine Park District. Mm -hmm. We would scoreboard youth basketball games at night. On the weekends, we would deliver pizzas at the local Papa John's. So, mm -hmm. you know, juggling all those things, trying to, you know, pay bills and, and make it happen on that front. At the same time, trying to grow a business, we were, yeah, fully devoted to moving forward the business, progressing that while still keeping our college education at the forefront, because that's something that we didn't want to lose sight of as well. Yeah. So I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on, on, on this show, and in, and in general, I love talking to entrepreneurs. And, and I think what you guys have is you have hustle, right? Yeah. And is, would you would you say that hustling is is the big part of it, right? You've got to have – sure. where do you get that – I guess where do, how do you maintain that drive and energy? I mean, it, there's got to be days where you 
where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore, right? I mean, there's got to be <laughs> got to be instances like that, right? Yeah, I think I think once you kind of discipline yourself, and I think really set yourself to this a type of schedule, it really helps you stay on track. So even the days that, if at least you know what you need to get done the next day, you mm-hmm. can at least wake up, and even if you're that day maybe not feeling a hundred percent for it, you still know what you need to do, and then you get it done, and that kind of helps you get through those types of days, but. Overall, I think we've shared a vision together from the very beginning of how we can grow this brand and scale it out and really make something great out of it. So I think, and on top of that, the whole community involvement and everybody that's backed us to help us get this far, it almost is so much bigger than us that Mm -hmm. we almost feel obligated in a sense to really see this through and, and just have it evolve into what we know it could be. And And yeah, that takes a lot of work, but I do think a lot of that um, you know, a lot of that grunt work and initial buildup to get to where we're at is kind of over with now. It's really more the sales and marketing and execution, re- and yeah. execution mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. we, we really did a lot of the grunt work and setting up supply chain and the infrastructure for a product that's as unique as ours because we always like to give this example that we didn't start a t-shirt company, right? Where the infrastructure is right. built and you have a t-shirt and then you print on it and you're ready to go. Almost anyone can pick that up within a month or two and, and get rolling. But with us, there were so many nuances and processes within the supply chain that we were, you know, um, really creating that hadn't been mm-hmm. done before. Trailblazing. Um, yep. and, and, and that's, you know, and once we kind of figured all that out, now it's really just really just sales and marketing. And of course, you know, uh, all those types of things. But uh, that is, you know, and I think from our backgrounds, too, like we had, uh, you know, um, immigrant families, uh, people that, you know, started, I know his uh, Drake's grandma was, you know, she had her own business. She was cutting hair, doing a bunch of different type of stuff. So almost, I think it was kind of ingrained in, in a sense. But when we took that class in high school, I think it just something ticked. Right. And 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 then definitely um, the icing on the cake was definitely when we won that check because then it made it really tangible. We're like, we could really do something with this now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That seed money, right? Made yeah. it possible yeah. to actually right. get something going, right. which I think is the, where everybody holds back, right? Everybody... I think at some point everyone has thought, I'd like to start my own business. I'd like to run my own, but they don't know how to get it started. And there's 100%. not that original seed fund exactly. to go there, right? Yep. So. That was a huge opportunity we wanted to really run with. Yeah. How do you walk away from your life and your job and your income if you don't 100%. have that seed money there to, to do it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. That's really cool. So let's talk about the product here for a minute. You've brought me uh, a sample and it, and you know, we're on radio podcasts, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's hard to talk about, but it, it is, um, it is a black square cube, mm-hmm. uh, and you twist it and it opens ooh, all the way. And then there's a sealed package. You brought me an apple blossom, uh, flavor, refill pod, <laughs> refill <Yep>. pod, uh, <laughs> that goes inside. And then I twist the top back on and then I like just throw this in my gym bag. Is that how it yeah. works? Yeah. Gym bag locker. It just yeah. really relies on airflow. So yeah, exactly. Once you have a DO block, you never need another one again. Mm-hmm. And you simply replenish it with the refill pods every 30 days. And okay. then each of those refill pods has a plant-based deodorizing gel with different essential oil scents. So we have Oceanside Sandalwood and Apple Blossom. You have Apple Blossom in front mm-hmm. of you. Um, but yeah, it really what differentiates our product from others is it's actually deodorizing the space it's in. It's not just masking the bad odor with a better scent. So when we played sports... Our moms were throwing sneaker balls in our bag or dousing our stuff with Febreze, and we knew that that wasn't a long-term solution. It would maybe overpower the bad odor for about 15, 20 minutes, and then you're back at square one again. So that's what we aim to solve with our product. And then on top of it, we're able to customize it with any logo. Mm-hmm. So it's just been a great corporate giveaway item that you know promotes health and wellness in the workplace. 
and then even branching out from there it's a really cool little swag bag item for any youth sports teams and mm-hmm. that's kind of how we've been really scaling the business in different types of avenues but it's been great yeah you've got the harper college logo printed on the sample <laughs> yes, that sir. you that you brought for me and it comes yeah. in a really nice package as well um do i set up like a um a recurring order or something like yeah. that for the refills is exactly. that how it works yeah exactly we have a subscription for the refills so okay. it's five bucks a pop um it's a quarterly subscription though That's so not it's bad. three yeah. refills every three months yeah and free shipping and gets right to your door so how much is the initial block how uh twenty dollars if you buy it online one-time purchase or fifteen dollars mm-hmm. if you get on the subscription right away okay yep. all right cool dealblock.com dealblock.com so where's the, where's it made where how, how do you yeah. deal with the supply chain yeah, issue so of that? supply chain was uh definitely one of the most daunting tasks mm-hmm. as anthony kind of touched on there was a lot of trailblazing to do a lot of things to set up because no one's really made a, a cube deodorizer and in many ways that's uh, really important to us to be unique um so the plastics themselves we have made overseas uh that's the only component that's made outside of actually a 30 mile radius of of okay. Chicago. Yeah. Um, so what happens is the plastics come in from overseas. Um, they get delivered to uh, myself in my mom's basement, humble, <laughs> humble brag. Um, <laughs> so after that, those refill pods are empty, right? So I take those refill pods to my gel filling manufacturer in which they mix the deodorizing uh, formulation with our essential oil formulation, and they fill them inside of the refill pods. They zip them up in those bags, mm-hmm. that, that packaging you see to... Mm-hmm conserve the, the uh, shelf life of the unit. And then after that, those are shipped back to uh, my house and the packaging again is shipped to my house. Uh, the, the box that it comes in all flat. So what we do is we have sessions in our basements and we fold up the box, we place the deal block, <laughs> we place the refill cartridge in there, fold everything up, tape it up, stick a shipping label and go to USPS about one time a day at yeah. least. So so literally when I when I order a product from you, one of the two founders of the company is literally that packaging is, it up and sending correct. it to me, that right? That is correct. Yeah. Yep, yeah. exactly. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. That, you know, that's that's pretty wild. So yeah, it's it looks really nice. The packaging looks really nice. I'm gonna stick this in my uh, daughter's cyclocross gym bag where Perfect. she carries all of her uh, cycling stuff and see and see how that uh, goes with her. I'm gonna ask you guys a question you might not want to answer. Do you still like each other? <laughs> we do. We do. We definitely do. We do. That's actually funny you ask because it's a joke we tell all the time now. Is uh, we we've done a lot of uh, visits back to the district, uh, the high schools, and mm-hmm. we talk about our experience and how the class kind of changed the trajectory of our lives. And some kids ask. You know, are you guys still friends? You know, mm-hmm. and it's funny because I go, nah, me and Anthony, we're not friends anymore, man. We're just business partners. Just I don't business even partners. know this guy anymore. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> every time we we hang out to grab a beer on a Friday night, or we're trying to relax on Saturday, we just start counting inventory in the basement, and it turns into, the, hey, the next week we're meeting this and doing this. So yeah. it's kind of a joke we have. We can never uh, almost relax in the same room. It's always like, let's work, let's get to, let's get this going. So it's it's funny that you ask that, but. Well, it, you know, it does happen, right? For you know, sure. people no, start yeah. a company together and it's like, man, I really don't want to spend any more time with this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. yeah and it's not, not to that point yet, luckily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're still rolling. We're okay. still rolling. All right. Well, speaking of that, like, did you make some mistakes when you got started with this? What kind of mistakes did you make? What, 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 what advice would you give to others who are thinking about doing something like, we, we made this mistake, don't you do it too, mm-hmm. right? What would you... Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the easiest, most straightforward one to bring up right off the bat is uh, really just, you know, leveraging connections and getting feedback from successful individuals that have done work in the space that maybe you're 
doing it in. Like if you have something that you're doing on the marketing side or you're doing something on the sales side, whatever the case is, but getting that feedback so you can pivot early and make the adjustments you need rather than just kind of going in head first uh, and, and, and making those mistakes. And making mistakes is good, like because you need to in order to, it's never going to be perfect off the first go around, but I think definitely like the earlier you can start getting feedback from people, but also take things at the grain with a grain of salt at the same time. You definitely don't want to take in everyone's feedback because at the end of the day, it's your product, it's your company, your service. So you know what's best at the end of the day, but I do think input's important and getting as much feedback as possible from individuals that um, definitely have either done something in that space or have done what you're trying to accomplish. I think that's definitely important. Yeah. Definitely understanding your budget too is like a huge thing. I mean, I know that we were very frugal with how we spent that initial funding. To date, we've raised over $150,000 to wow. get to this point. So through you know grant opportunities, um, you know other funding opportunities, investors at this point. So always budgeting and being frugal as you can um, was something that I think took us this far. And even I think back and still, we're, you know, I think to myself, we probably could have saved a couple thousand dollars doing this differently. But kind of as Anthony mentioned, those things, you, you want to fail forward. You want to learn from those kind of mm-hmm. the, those things and make sure that you're understanding, uh, you know, how to progress in a better way from from those setbacks. Okay. So how does it grow from here? I mean, how do you, I mean, you're at this point, right, where you said you've got to market it and distribution, mm-hmm. right? Like, how, how does it grow? What's the plan? Yeah. You know? like, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's there's several, I like to call them pillars to the business, right? Mm-hmm. So kind of a first one is obviously, so I'll actually tell you how we started. We launched into the market thinking we're just going to sell to gyms, right? We can mm-hmm. sell to a gym and they can resell it in their pro shop or give it away as a free promotional item when someone someone signs up for a gym membership. Well, we had a probably $20,000 in pre-orders prior to COVID, just eight to 12 months before COVID really hit. Right. And then when we launched, we were like, okay, we went back to all those same owners and we probably ended up with about 600 bucks of that 20 grand because the reality is most of those individuals were struggling to even pay rent. Mm-hmm. Their member retention was at an all-time low. And we had to be compassionate with obviously a time that was tough for everybody. Mm-hmm. So that kind of forced us to pivot and we were like, okay, well we can put logos on this. So how else can we branch out? Corporate giveaways ended up being a great thing. Cause once again, it started with just individuals in the area, but people we knew that own their own logistics companies, accounting firms, all that type of stuff that doesn't even have a direct correlation to like fitness or mm-hmm. anything like that. And that's kind of how that started out. And then we ended up doing, you know, sports teams because sports was kind of still on the come up much quicker than gyms. Mm -hmm. And then we started selling to colleges and because college teams. Right. And then once we started selling to colleges, we're like, how can we kind of grow this even larger and set up more of like a reoccurring type thing like we have on our site directly to our consumers? So we're like, how about if we mount one of these in each locker and then get colleges on a on a bulk subscription for the refills. And that's exactly what we did. So a recent, at least in the Chicagoland area, a recent one that hopped on was Chicago State, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. So we equipped their whole uh, whole locker room with deal blocks. So they got about a, you know, a deal block in each refill, and then we just bulk pack it, or uh, a deal block in each locker, and then we bulk pack and ship the refills monthly for them. So mm-hmm. that's really set us up for, for success because now we can kind of start really pushing the refills more than the blocks and that's really been our model right it's razors and razor blades yeah. so right once right, you have right. a block you need the refills um and we just wanted to grow that much more so than just individual subscribers off the site which is obviously just as important but yeah so that's kind of how we're building it out it's really bulk locker subscriptions colleges country clubs 
any place that has um, a locker lockers. Room space, yeah. Um, and then corporate giveaways, team giveaways. And we are getting still resold in some gym pro shops and stuff like that, which is great. Um, but surprisingly, what we thought was going to be the most lucrative probably has taken mo- the backseat right now. There's other avenues that are really proven to be much more worthwhile for us at the moment, at least. Well, it's good that you've been mentally flexible about that, too, exactly. right? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you had an idea of what was going to happen and how you were going to do it. You were presented with the challenge and you said, how can we move on beyond that? And I think people get stuck there, right? hundred percent. I mean, I think adversity is probably the biggest trait of being an, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and really in, in any field, though, I mean, you're going to be faced with adversity in your corporate job and your entrepreneurial journey. And I think how you accept that, how you learn from that is what's really going to set you apart um, from other people. And and we've had plenty of opportunities to stop and, and just say, you know what, let's let's can this, let's do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've always wanted to pursue this and kind of have something that we could call our own and continuing to solve a problem that real people have. Yeah. Now, as this is growing and is becoming a you know its own little monster for you, mm-hmm. what's 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 next? You got another idea brewing? <laughs> yeah, talk about, you know, we're, uh, <laughs> we're always kind of thinking about uh, new ideas. You know, Deal Block is definitely the first pillar in uh, the the many kind of products that we have in mind to I think extend the brand and extend the product line. Um, so we're really excited for the future of the entire brand as a whole. Um, but deal block is the, the one we're hyper focused on really scaling and, and getting uh, really forming as the building block to the rest of the brand. No pun intended there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So I always ask everybody on the show um, what advice that they might have for either a current Harper student mm-hmm. or somebody who's maybe out there in the community and they're thinking about where they're going to go to school, why why they should come to Harper. You, you guys want to talk about for Matt, sure. You got any advice? Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, you want me to start? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so I Go think <laughs> uh, going to uh, going to Harper was definitely uh, gave us the opportunity to continue to do what we loved. Uh, you know, we weren't by any means, uh, we didn't love going to school. We didn't love class. That was never something that we enjoyed. But going to Harper gave us the opportunity to not only continue our education, but continue our education at a fraction of the cost of what some of these other huge universities are right. offering. Um, so beyond that, that, that gave us an opportunity to really focus on what we wanted to focus on, uh, in, you know, inside and outside of class, really. But we were able to grow the brand throughout Harper, our time at Harper. Um, and then just as easily, you know, we were able to then transfer those credits because a lot of uh, other colleges, they don't have as many transferable credits to other schools. Um, so when I met with my advisor at Harper early, uh, you know, in, in my Harper kind of career, we were able to kind of set a set a track forward on what's going to be transferable, what what's what am I going to be able to take to DePaul. And I kind of knew I wanted to go to DePaul, but wasn't sure. So we kind of set that up that way. But um, really, a- any advice I'd give is just to really put yourself out there, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your dream is, put yourself out there in front of people. The only reason that we've gotten this far is because I told every professor, I told every student, I told every... Uh, I, I threw my application into every you know opportunity to put ourselves out there, to put our company out there. To once you get in front of those people, you don't really know who's going to be in the crowd. And so, kind of taking advantage of those opportunities wherever you can throughout your collegiate career, I think is so important to building you know your yourself up, your character, and you know kind of the rest of your career moving forward. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think Harper makes a lot of sense for a majority of people, unless you're in a really small cohort of individuals where you know exactly what career path that you want. You're potentially on a 
full ride scholarship, then right. by all means, go to your dream school, go to whatever you do. But I think for most people, they're still confused about what they want to do. And they got to understand that those first couple of years are really just gen eds. It's almost a continuation of high school courses at a higher level. And, you know, the great thing about Harper, too, is that, you know, these condensed class sizes create more of like an intimate professor uh, student relationship where you actually can, I feel like, reach out to your professor when you need to talk to them. You know, they're a lot more flexible, whereas all our friends that went Big Ten, like we were going to end up being in these large auditoriums. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And I think um, I we always joke around that we actually think that we had a better and harder education here for two years than our friends did at some big 10 schools because um and i think that that's so true the curriculum here is by no means easy and i think people think of oh it's community college and we had the same mentality earlier in high school but without a doubt it was the best decision that we ever made coming here and we wouldn't be um doing what we're what we love today if it wasn't for coming to harper so yeah you mentioned professors did you have anybody here who particularly helped you or do you want to yeah, as far as I mean, I <laughs> Maybe remember, you don't remember names. That's okay. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I, I yeah, I actually uh, she wasn't a professor, but honestly, one of the first people that really took interest in the product and then even gave us a contact for like three D printing locally and stuff was like uh, Marie Lapidus. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Marie. So she yeah. she really like really took interest in us. Mm-hmm. Like she's probably one of the first individuals at Harper that really gravitated towards what we were doing and really understood like what we were trying to accomplish. So yeah, definitely. So she she gave us some great contacts and really just uh, other opportunities to succeed. So so That's definitely great. very grateful for that. That's great. Well, I want to thank you guys both so much for being on the show. Thanks for bringing in the sample. I, you know, this is not a, we don't advertise here at uh, <laughs> WHCM and on the podcast, but it's a very interesting product. And I think that uh, folks who um, in particular, I mean, you know, anybody who does any type of sporting activity knows that their stuff stinks, for right? Sure. I mean, it does. It stinks. Yep. You know? <laughs> so having something like this that you can pop into your gym bag is really quite brilliant, you know? So thank you. Uh, I, th- I think it's great. And it looks like you folks are doing uh, a really good job with the packaging and the fact that it's a local business, small business, yep. and the, the founders of the company are literally packing it and sending it to my house. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that's just really, really cool. Yeah, it's appreciate it. It's a neat thing to be able to support. So I thank you for being on Harper Talks today, okay? Thank you so much Thanks for having a us. It's a lot of fun. Right. Anthony Tamras and Drake Roberts are graduates of Harper College and co-founders of DioBlock. If you're enjoying Harper Talks, please subscribe. And while you're at it, rate and review us so that others might find us. Harper Talks is a co-production of Harper College Alumni Relations and Harper Radio. Our show is produced by Shannon Hines. This episode is edited by Brian Diaz. Our online content producer is Erica Berger. Our theme music was created by Aiden Cashman. I'm Brian Shelton. Thanks for listening.